good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation's Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions. Uh, today's educator is John O'Leary, and his topic is how to learn tunes. So just a reminder, participants are muted upon entry and during a master class, and we appreciate your cooperation to remain muted for the courtesy of others. If you have a specific question, please feel free to use the chat feature in the toolbar to ask any questions, and educators will try to reserve some time to answer the questions. Also, you can use the raise your hand feature to ask a question, and the moderator will unmute you when the educators take questions. Uh, we hope you enjoy today's session. More upcoming free sessions will be posted at www.clearwaterjazz.com education. And don't forget, your feedback and any future session topic suggestions are welcome. Uh, just email us at info at clearwaterjazz.com. Um, and also, please be sure to check out the studio archive of past video sessions at clearwaterjazz.com's education outreach section. I'm brought to you by Blue Water Wealth Management at Stewart Partners and Duke Energy, and as well as our Young Line podcast available wherever you stream. I'm brought to you by our friends at Marine Max Clearwater. Search Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions. So some of John's past uh, sessions that we really enjoyed here, I'm just gonna name a few and I know you probably tuned in and you enjoyed them just like I did. History of the Rhythm Section, Collaboration Amongst Artists with La Lucha, Piano Technique and Jazz, or how about this one? How to Develop Rhythmic Ideas to Improvise Better. I know that was a great one how to use block chords. He's also been part of our What Do I Love About series. So he did a session on What I Love About Bill Evans. Um, how about Earl Hines and What I Love About Jelly Roll Morton. Those were amazing sessions. Please go back and check them out. Just a little bit about John. John is a Mexican-American jazz pianist and neuroscientist. He's the pianist for a highly acclaimed trio, La Lucha, in the Tampa Bay area. And uh, he attended the University of South Florida, where he, he studied tuba, jazz piano, and biochemistry. Wow, it's a lot, John. <laughs> he also toured Italy, France, and France with the USF Big Band and the Jazz Tech Combo, playing in the 2007 Umbria Jazz Festival. And also, um, just a little bit more, as a member of these bands, he's played with many jazz greats, including Randy Brecker and the great Wyclef Gordon. And we just want to remind you, you can check out LaLucha's music wherever you stream and check out their latest release, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. And lastly, John has been invited, an invited speaker to the Society of Neuroscience Midwestern Stress Response and the American Chemical Society Conferences. Such great work here, John, but we're here today to learn about how to learn tunes. The stage is all yours. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and thank you so much for hosting and for the Clearwater Jazz Holiday for 
uh, giving me the opportunity to share this with you guys. So how to learn tunes. This is something that I think is very important to talk about and to have a, 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 a method that you're familiar with to just how to approach starting learning a tune. Sometimes we get lost and not knowing how to do it or what to do. There's so much to do. And um, I, I learned uh, through my years in college and to just speaking to a lot of different musicians about what's the best way to go about learning uh, tunes. We need, you know, one of the best things we can do is be able to put the iPad away or the, the lead sheet away and just be able to play what's the song and just know it and the keys that you need to know it. Um, and that takes time and practice. And so and that's what we're going to talk about here and how to how to do that. And so I wanted to share with you my screen. I picked a song that I thought we could start working on. Let me here share this. This is a song called Stella by Starlight. Now, when I'm learning tunes, I don't grab a lead sheet the first thing I do. Uh, but it's a good reference point just to get a starting point. The first thing I'm going to assume is that it's wrong and that whatever is on there is not correct. The chords or the phrasing or the standard keys or whatnot. And so I like to go and check recordings and check and see and, and check how people phrase it and and uh, and whatnot. And so the first thing the, to do is to find a, especially if it's a song with lyrics, like most great American songbooks uh, songs, uh, is to check out a singer and see and, and check out the lyrics and try to learn them and try to see how different singers approach the song and see if there's kind of a, a more or less standard meat and potatoes kind of way of of approaching a tune. And so let's uh, go to Spotify and listen to Ella Fitzgerald here sing Stella by Starlight. Okay, so right away, there's a couple of things. Let's take a look and go and try to play along with this. So it's in a different key. This is going to be an F. So stingers may do this on. 
so far it's pretty good. That ripples by a nook where two lovers hide a great symphonic that stellar by starlight and not a dream she's all of these and more she's everything that you'd adore okay excellent right away they swing in there right away you can tell that this lead sheet is pretty good uh and it's already following a lot of what ella is doing for example and so then you would do this with i don't know more singers check out whatever you can and start seeing where different people do it a little bit different and then the next thing is to check out the lyrics if you go and you find the lyrics that's how you know how to to play it as if the, you're singing the lyrics otherwise um it's a it's just a great place to start i'm not saying you stick to that um at some point we develop our own tendencies and what we like for phrasing and how we like to phrase a tune. But in the meantime, it's always good while you're learning to, to just find the a standard version and then go from there. So the lyrics are, um, a, a song, a Robin sings, through years of endless springs, the murmurs of a brook at evening tide, the ripples by a nook where two lovers hide, that great symphonic theme that's stellar by starlight, and not a dream, my heart, and I agree, she's everything on earth to me so then i think ella sang a little bit different lyrics there uh, but other singers will see at the at the very last a you'll see that some just in songs in general there are different sets of lyrics different sets of chord changes different ways to play it. and so the more you listen to different recordings the more familiar you're going to be with the different ways in which people play songs it's not like chopin if i show you some chopin for the most part it's like okay this is it right whatever chopin wrote that's that's the way the song goes for the most part and the room for interpretation is much smaller and in jazz there is a much uh wider margin of of personal expression okay so then here let's listen to miles davis do stella by starlight and see what that would sound like Here we go.
until you can hear the lyrics of endless Okay, so here he starts to deviate from the melody, from the lyrics. But he comes back. And the chords are much different. Now we're here at the C minor. Here he deviates from the melody again, and then he kind of comes back to it. Yeah. So that's the first step, the melody, to get an idea of, of the melody and to know it really well. So once you know the standard melody, then you can start playing with it just the way Miles did. The song. So without you being familiar with how the melody goes, it doesn't sound quite as coherent. You leave the melody and you don't know where to come back to. And so you're more improvising over chord changes than you are stating the, around the melody. And actually, the best way to learn to improvise is to start playing around the melody, I think. And so the second thing is the bass. Even before we start looking at chord qualities, should it be a major, a minor, a half diminished, a dominant? Even before that, we are looking at the different, um, the bass movement. And if we get a solid bass movement and we memorize that, then we know what it's supposed to sound like. And you have that counterpoint, that uh, melody versus the bass. And here, the bass is this. Through years of 
of endless spring. So that's a good test. If you can sing the melody and place the bass, that okay, you you feel comfortable there. That's Stella by Starlight and not a dream. My heart and I agree. She's everything on earth to me. So then, okay. So then the next up. Uh, it's a little bit harder is to play the melody and sing the bass. back and test yourself make sure you're in the right pitch okay i was having a little bit of a hard time hearing that interval of of a tritone That's a much harder uh, exercise, but worth it to be able to hear what it's supposed to hear like, what it's supposed to sound like. When you're playing with a bass player, um, they're going to play the roots for you, and you want to be able to to know where they are. And if you guys are together, and the only way to know that is by listening and you know, in hearing what you're expecting, but how do you know what to expect if you can't sing it? So if you can sing it, then you can play it. You know what it's supposed to sound like. Um, so then that's the next step. So now we have the song of Robin sings through years. Of endless spring, the murmurs of a brook at evening tide, the ripples by a nook where two lovers hide, that great symphonic theme that's telling by starlight and not a dream. My I agree. 
is everything on earth to me. So if you're there, that is like 50% of the tune, uh, 100% of the tune, almost. You need, the next is the, the qualities of the chords. And uh, so, you know, 75% of the tune, I mean. So you have, the, you have the melody, you have the bass movement. Now you need to fill in the chords. And so... Uh, all of this needs to be cross-referenced with recordings and talking to other musicians and see what chord changes they use and what versions are they listening to. This playing tunes is not like, okay, I know it and that's it. I'm done learning it. No, you're constantly revising. Each tune is like a living, breathing thing and it changes with your commitment to the music with your knowledge about the music and as you become more experienced you start learning different ways that people play tunes and so you're always learning tunes and you're always learning new ways to play them and and how other people play them and that is a big part of of being a jazz musician is learning the repertoire and having you know, a decent amount of tunes memorized that you can play uh, so that you can focus on making music and not on reading and making sure that you're in the right place and that kind of thing. Okay, so the next is to look at the chord changes and then memorize them accordingly. So one way that I like to do that is by thinking about two, five, and two five one patterns and just patterns that happen often so here at the top we have an e uh, minor seven flat five an e half diminished so that goes that if if that was a two a seven flat nine is your five so that's a common two five right okay wonderful and then you don't have to use exactly the flat nine that's just one way of notating that it's an altered dominant you can use different alterations depending on your taste and the the what's appropriate in those moments and so that you know again and that also comes to experience and you know you start learning different ways of of changing the chords inside of what's uh, inside of the chord without having to use a substitution. Okay, so we have E half diminished, then A7. I'm using a flat 13 there. That's a C minor seven with the 11th there in the melody. That's another two five. So an interesting thing to note is that the very first chord is a sharp four from the melody and from uh, i mean from the key so we're in b flat and your very first chord is an e okay so you start in the sharp four this is something to memorize let's say we're playing this song in f you would start on b half diminish and the melody starts on the tonic and goes a half step down
Okay, and let's say we're doing in G. So half diminish would be C half diminish. I mean, a sharp four would be C half diminish there and start the melody on the tonic and go half a step. Excellent. And so, okay, so you have your first two chords down. Then it goes from the sharp four, a two five there, to your two five in the actual key. So sharp four, sharp four, two seven, to two five. Okay, so let's practice that in the other key. So let's say, again, we were in F, so we go from B half diminished to E dominant. Now what's the two in F? Would be G minor seven, and then the five, C seven. Okay, wonderful. Now let's go to G. Now let's see in G, our sharp four would be C sharp half diminish. So we go here. Okay. And then our two five for the key of G would be A minor and D seven. Wonderful. So you can do that in all the keys and just start. So now you know you go from sharp four, seven, two, five. Then you have five minor, a five minor, one dominant. So that's another two five there in the key of E flat. So you're going to the four chord there. Okay, so let's see, we have E, A, C, F, F, B flat, E flat. Okay, so then we, we just did a modulation to the four chord. And then from there, a four. The four chord of the four chord. <laughs> okay, so the four, those, those are very common patterns. A million tunes modulate to the four chord of a key. And then uh, in any tune, you will have a pattern of one to four, one to four, one to four. Four. It's just a super common pattern, one to four. And so now you have sharp four, seven, two, five, five minor, one dominant, four chord, four chord of the four chord, or the flat seven dominant. So now we are here at this at the third line in the B flat. And then it goes, it's and it goes back to your tonic. Okay. It sounds like a lot because it is, and it's easy for me to just say that because for one, I'm staring at the music, and for two, um, you know, I've been doing this for a while. So let's try, let's try it in G. So we go, our what's our, our sharp four chord in G? It would be C half diminish. Okay, then to the to corresponding five there. Okay, C, uh, now we're going to the two chord, A minor, to the five chord. Now that, um, 
that five chord becomes a minor. One chord becomes dominant. Modulate to the four chord. Then four a four. Then back to one. Then back to your, uh, back to your, then we have a little minor two, five, one here. Uh, back to that sharp four. So in the key of G would be back to C sharp half diminish. But this time, instead of going from um, the sharp four and then to the two, like it here in the top, instead of going E, A, C, F, we go E, A, D, a, an actual resolution of this two, five. Okay. So then again, in the key of G, for example, it would be C sharp half diminish. And then to B, two, five, one. Excellent. So now, and now you have a two, five to an, that a backdoor resolution to the five. What is a backdoor resolution? It's going from a minor five chord to, um, a minor four chord to a dominant seven to a dominant flat seven chord. So here in the key of F, you have a minor four to a to E flat seven, which is the flat seven of F. Part of what makes this tune so great is that it goes to so many different places. Just so far, we've been uh, this is our third key center. We're in B flat, then E flat, now F, and these are not standard uh, ways of getting there. Um, any two bar, any two bars is a standard way, but all together is a little unusual, which is why I picked this tune. So for me, it's I think of it like that. It's like sharp four, seven, two, five. Five minor, one dominant, four, 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 then back to one, sharp four, seven, three. Now one minor, four, resolution to the five major. And so what you can do is take any one of these resolutions and practice them like the first four bars, we already practiced that in several keys. How about the second four bars? Two, five, one, to the four chord, and then to the four of four and one. And we practice that in different keys. Now, how about the, the uh, E half diminished to A7 to D minor? We could take that in any key, like A half diminished to D to G. Right. Okay. And then uh, going into a, a resolution to the five chord there. Okay. So sharp four. Resolve to the minor three, minor one, two, five to F. Okay. So in the key of G, for example, we'd go 
C sharp half diminish, G flat uh, seven, B minor seven. Okay, then G minor, your tonic dot minor, C seven to D minor, to D major. Okay, wow, those are very unusual ways of doing it. So those four chords right there, you can practice those in all 12 keys. Let's try it in a different key we haven't tried before. Uh, how about, um, I don't know, C major. So sharp four would be F sharp half diminished, two five to B seven to E minor. And then we're in C, so C minor. F to G, G major. And then you start trying to, to put it to all of it together. Let's try to put the whole song together in the key of C. So F half diminish. Um, so that's the sharp four to its five, then two chord, D minor seven, G seven. Then that five chord becomes minor, one dominant to the four chord, then four, four, back to one, back to the sharp four half diminish. This time resolve it to its corresponding minor, E minor, then tonic minor, two, five, to G major. Boom. And so this is, this is normally tunes are a lot easier uh, than this, but that's why I picked this tune because it's a complicated tune and it gives you a lot to think about, but that's the hardest part. Once you get to that over there in the key of B flat, like we have here, we're here in this one, two, three, fourth system. We get to the five chord and then we do a two quick two five chart four to a seven, so to the major seven dominant, um, the major seven of the key that we are in, and it's a dominant chord. And then that becomes in itself a two, and then it's corresponding five. And so rather than taking each particular one to like, how does it relate to the original key? Um, I pick specific ones. Like the first is a two five. So if I start on E, I already know I'm playing A in my next chord because that's a two five. So knowing your two fives really well, but which two five comes next? The actual two of the key. So this one, your C minor here, I will actually think of it as. So the first one, I thought of it as it related to the key. The second one, I just, you know, it's a two five, so I didn't think much of it. Then this one, I thought of it as relation to the key. C, I memorized as a two five. So the five comes automatically. The fives, a lot of these chords come automatically. Then the next uh, sequence starts in F minor. That's uh, the five minor, two five. So the five comes automatically. And then actually the whole two five one here comes out because you're going to the four chord. So then you think a, a two five in the key of B flat, then a modulation to the four chord. And then you immediately would go, oh, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, here we go to the four chord. 
Okay, four, four, one. And that, like that pattern, you'll see it a bunch in a lot of different tunes. Um, and so by by the more tunes you learn, the more patterns you will recognize and the easier it will be to learn more tunes. And so the first time you learn Stella, you're like, wow, I'm having a hard time. And that just takes practice and you just memorize it. But the next time you see this pattern, you're going to remember, oh, it's like those chords in Stella, for example. Okay, so you get to the bridge, you get to the bridge, you have the sixth dominant. That's a five to one. That's another pattern. If you know it's a five to one, then the one comes out automatically. Okay, so here it goes to the flat seven dominant. That one I do think about because it resolves to the one. So if you notice, there's a lot of flat seven resolving to ones here. You have um, in the second, in the second, um, system we have that a flat seven uh which is the flat seven of b flat major and it goes to b flat and then here we have e flat seven going to f um and then we have uh a flat seven going to b flat and so that's a recurrent song so then the more you you learn songs you're gonna think okay i need to learn those resolutions of um, flat sevens going to major ones. And you can do that in any key, okay? In the key of G, we'd say F7 to G. And the key of C would go to B flat seven to C. And the key of E flat will think D flat seven to E flat major. And so, and then you can add the twos, two five ones. And the key of A flat will go from D flat minor seven, G flat seven to A flat. Okay, how about the key of B? And the key of B will uh, go E to A, E minor seven, A seven to B major. Um, and so by practicing these little patterns and then bringing them in context in the tune. So that's what I love tunes because tunes will show you a lot of what you need to work on rather than just starting your patterns. Start first with a tune, notice a pattern, and then practice that, then come back to the tune. Uh, that's my favorite way of, of working through that and practicing that. So then you put it all together and then you have the chords, you have the melody, and you have the bass. And you have the lyrics and the first the most important is the melody the second most important is the bass melody and uh and part of the melody is the lyrics and then the the chords are just the filler in the middle and if you do that with any tune you'll be you'll be well on your way imagine that we learn uh c jam blues right if we learn c jam blues you go do do and then if you go and listen to people learning, uh, singing C-Jam Blues, you'll know that it goes by another name, Duke's Place. And then you'll have the lyrics for Duke's Place. And, um, and then you learn the chords, okay? C, F, C, C. Okay, these are just standard blues changes. C, A, D, G, C, 
you go. And so um, that is my basic method for learning tunes. Melody, bass, chords, learn the lyrics, listen to a lot of different versions, practice the patterns of the chord changes in a song uh, individually, come back to them, and then look for those patterns in different tunes. Speak to your, to your other musician friends about what changes they like to use, what recordings they like to listen. And if you do all those steps, you it'll be, uh, it's just a matter of repetition to learn uh, tunes. Wow, thank you so much for that, John. I mean, what an extensive study of chord changes and the importance of just knowing the melody of the song. Number I know one. Yeah. <laughs> So many, uh, I know young players, they want to jump into solo and soloing. And exactly. Play, but they rarely uh, dig into this and they take this for granted. So what would you say to a young player that's saying, hey, is, is this really important to know the chords and all those symbols? Or can I just start soloing and transcribing and say, forget about this? Or... What would you say to, to a, a young player like that as just embarking on um, getting into jazz and wanting to solo? That's that's a great question, uh, Mike. Thank you so much. Uh, absolutely. Look, uh, Wes Montgomery didn't know symbols and he didn't know uh, how to read music, and yet he sounded great. So the number one thing in jazz is your ears. So if you can listen to a solo or listen to a song and, and know what a, you, you may call it something different. And, but if you know that it goes like this, you know, I don't care what you call it. Uh, and, uh, you know, at least at first, the most important is that you hear that and you go, ah, half diminished chord. Oh, sharp nine with the flat 13. Okay, minor chord. Oh, those kind of sound like the Stella changes. Oh, yep, sure they are. And so that's that's more important to me than being able to know what, you know, an E flat seven is the five of the five of the five or anything like that. So number one is ears, listening, being able to play. If you can listen to Johnny Hodges and play like him, or if you can listen to uh, Sweets Edison or Ben Webster and play like them, then we all wouldn't need to be here because you would know what to do. Um, the next step is to to say, how do I communicate this with other musicians? And that's why we have the written language of music so that we can learn to, uh, to communicate that because it makes nobody any good if you can't explain to someone what you want to play other than just playing it. 
Because they well, what is that? And you go, I don't know. And then that's not very helpful. But if you know the language of music, oh, you know, it's like a B flat dominant, but uh, I put an E on the bass. Oh, okay. So, you know, we, it's there, everything's important in music. Uh, but I, you know, if you have limited time and whatnot, I would definitely start with just training your ears and knowing the melodies and the lyrics just by listening to the songs and knowing the bass movement just by listening to the song and then being able to sing it back. Most of this stuff you, you can do without any kind of music notation, but of course, being able to communicate with other musicians is very important. Awesome answer. Once again, thank you, John, for your research here and just being patient with breaking down how to play tunes. So whether you're a seasoned musician or someone new that's thinking about, hey, I want to play more jazz, I highly suggest spend the time, learn the theory um, for your improvisation and also continue to transcribe and just listen, listen, listen. So thank you, John, for that. We really appreciate you. And we want to um, still invite everyone to go tell other people about the great things that are happening here with Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation's Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions. Don't forget, you can check out any upcoming um, sessions at www clearwaterjazz.com slash education. And we will definitely see you on the next one. Keep on swinging, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Clearwater Jazz Holidays, Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions. Thank you to our friends at Marine Max Clearwater for helping to present this podcast series. To learn more about the Clearwater Jazz Holiday Annual Festival tradition, other special events throughout the year, and our year-round education and outreach, please visit clearwaterjazz.com.